My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Bashi here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Jillian Leslie. Her business sells a tool called Milo Tree Cart, which helps bloggers and creators sell digital products to their audiences. She's also the host of the Blogger Genius Podcast. Welcome to the show, Jillian. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Absolutely. So my story, I'm, I'm like an OG blogger. I started in 2009 with my husband, who's my partner, and we launched a site called Catch My Party. And we have grown that into the largest party ideas site on the web. If you have children out there and you're planning Spider-Man parties or My Little Pony parties, you will, and you go to Pinterest, you will chances are end up on my site. Or if you're Googling, you will end up on my site. So we use, we have user-generated content and it's, it's going really well. And, you know, we've been at it for a long time. So then my husband, who's the technologist, built a tool for us for Catch My Party to grow our social media followers. And it is, if you go to Catch My Party, you'll see it. It's a pop-up app and it's super easy to install and it will grow your social media followers on Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. It'll grow your email list and it plays really well with Google. And it's super simple to install. Like it's dummy proof. And if you have traffic to your site, it will grow your following. It, it will work. Anyway, so we did that. We launched that. And that was super cool. And again, we understand bloggers. We understand online creators. So then I am a person who listens to podcasts. Like that's my media. I love it. And so one day I thought to myself, I should start a podcast because I'm interacting with bloggers all the time. We've built this successful business and we built two, right? So we built this like, B2C business, which is my, which is catch my party. And then we built a B2B SaaS app. SaaS is software as a service, like a subscription. And I'm like, whoa, I, and I have like an MBA from Stanford. So I'm like, I should pull all these things together. I've got lots of contacts and people who are do, doing interesting things. I should start a podcast. So five years ago, I started my podcast called the Blogger Genius Podcast. Then since then, my husband and I, during COVID, saw this need, saw a problem we could solve, which is we work with a lot of successful bloggers and they wanted to start memberships, like easy memberships, like, hey, I'm a painting blogger and I want to show up with my people and paint with them like on Zoom. And I want recurring, I want to have recurring payments. How would I set this up? And we're like, we could solve that we could create that. And so we built a tool called Milo Tree Cart. And, and the way that I call it, I call it the perfect, I have to read it, the perfect payment tool for creators who hate technology. It is simple to use. You can be selling in 10 minutes. You can sell memberships. 
workshops, digital downloads that we deliver to your audience. You can do coaching. You can just have a payment link. Somebody wants, you know, you want to charge somebody a hundred bucks, go to Milo Tree Carp, create the payment link and just send it to them and they can put their credit card in and you can get paid. Anyway, and what has been so good is that I've had my podcast for five years. So it was much easier then to launch my literary cart, which is like our new baby, having a platform. And so that is kind of my journey in a nutshell. Maybe Very in a big nutshell. <laughs> it's a big nutshell, but it's a good nutshell. So I'd love to know what have some of the biggest challenges been around growing each of those individual businesses? They're all different and mm-hmm. they have all had different challenges. Catch My Party is a traffic play. We make most of our money via ads on our site. We also make affiliate income. And there are a couple other ways we monetize that. But predominantly, we are showing ads on our site. So we need traffic, which actually was the inspiration behind starting our pop-up app because we realized that Pinterest was driving a ton of traffic to us. And we needed to double down on that by growing our followers on Pinterest. And that was how we came up with Milo Tree car, Milo Tree, our pop-up app, and you know why it was so important for Catch My Party. Like we had a problem, which is traffic. We scratched our own itch by solving it with our pop-up app. And then we said, hey, other people could use this. Where what has been interesting about Milo Tree is as I mentioned, it plays really well with Google. And it um if you have traffic, it will grow your following, right? But if that's a numbers game. Like if you don't have traffic and you want to grow your Instagram followers, you can sign up for Milo Tree, put it on your blog, but I can't get you followers unless you already have traffic. Mm. And so trying to solve that is difficult for people who then go, oh, this doesn't work. And like, why am I subscribing? And I would argue, yeah, like this is a tool to take visitors and convert them into subscribers. But so educating people on that, I think everybody's always looking for a magic bullet. Like this will magically, I'm going to put this on my site and I'm going to have like a thousand followers a day. And that's not true. So I think that for Milo Tree, it works for people with traffic. And I will say to you, build traffic before trying to convert followers into, I mean, traffic into something else. So so that would be, I would say, it's like educating people on this and saying, hey, like magic bullets don't really exist. Maybe they exist for windows of time, but those windows close really fast. So it is about doing the hard work and it's about being in it day in and day out. And, um, and then that's what I, so I would say for my low tree, that is, I would say our biggest challenge, our product works great. We, um, we, as I said, we've optimized the crap out of it and you can install it in two minutes. So that's so then what we decided was when we were going to build our next tool, we wanted to do something that helped people make money directly with our pop-up app. Like I can, let's say you do have traffic, I can grow your following, but then you've got to figure out 
how to monetize that following. So there are like two things with our pop-up app. One is you need traffic. Great. You got traffic. Great. Now you've got followers from that traffic, but I can't say, and now a thousand dollars is going to fly through the window for you. You've got to put, you've got to figure out how do you monetize, say, an Instagram following. So then that's why we said for my low tree cart, let's help people directly make money because that's what we all want. Why do we want followers? Why do we want traffic? Because that can translate into money. So what I'm now trying to get the word out on is how to sell digital products to your audience and make money. So what's I your want to favorite... connect the dots. Right. So what's your favorite way of marketing a SaaS app? Or what's your like I, go-to strategy? I think it is about figuring out what problem your SaaS app solves and communicating that in the easiest language possible, but talking about it from the perspective of you. So it's not like my product's so great. Oh my God, I can do all these things. It's, hey, Basha, I can, if you use this tool, you can make money and I'll show you how to do it. And by the way, I do believe our tool can really help you do this. But if your goal is making money, that's what I want to lean in with you on. That's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you where you're at, not where I'm at. I don't matter. It's where you're at. So it's like, are you a person who has any sort of audience? Are you a person who has solutions to problems? I can make this work for you. Do you do sales calls? Do people just come on their site and they, you do? I do. I do because we've just launched it. And so it's, it's a win-win. Like, and I do believe when you're launching a business, do things that do not scale. You think you're going to have all these systems in place and it's going to just kind of pop, 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 like work, like magic. And the way that we have done the best, like the way we've grown the most or the fastest is when I do the things that don't scale. If I can get on a call with you and I can hear you talking about your problems And sometimes I'll say like, can I record this call? Because I want to hear it in your language. Uh, Because I might have a way of describing your problem. And maybe it's the same problem that you're talking about, but it is much better if I can hear how you describe your problem than if if I'm thinking about how I would describe your problem. So yes, I want to see what triggers you to go, yeah, I'll buy that. I'll test it out. Or what do you, where do you go? No, 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 that's not cool for me. I want to hear that too. So I absolutely believe in getting on calls with people. Absolutely. Hmm, Very interesting. Very interesting. What do you wish that you knew back when you first started that you know now? Ooh, I think that kind of what I've been talking about. One is it's not about me. It's not about, I built this product with all these amazing features. You don't care. You care about you which Mm -hmm. like, we're all like that. And I think that getting into you, like that, I don't think I spent as much time getting into your brain as I should have. 
Like I would be like, oh, I know you. I know what you want. And it's like, no, I don't because I want the same thing. Well, maybe I, maybe, but maybe mine, you know, maybe we both want like blue, but I want navy and you want turquoise. So I think I'm solving the problem of blue, but I'm pitching it as navy. And it's like, it's not connecting for you because you're like, I hate Mm -hmm. navy. I want turquoise. And so it's, again, getting into the mindset of the person you're selling to, really understanding how they see the world and getting out of yourself. That would be if there's something that I would, um, how I would, what I would say, it took me a very long time to read. Now, again, I'm going to say that and you're going to be like, yeah, it totally makes sense. Of course. But it's harder to implement than we think because it's so Mm -hmm. much harder to step out of ourselves. And really, that's why I like to record calls because I'll go, oh, this is what she said, but I don't, but it's not necessarily exactly what she said. But if I can use your language, then that is so beneficial. In, In theory, we know what we're supposed to do as salespeople. And we know the questions we're supposed to ask. We know what the ultimate goal is, but it's harder to truly understand it, truly, truly register that you're, you're supposed to be reading between the lines and you're supposed to be solving their problem. And that it's, it can be really easy to assume things when you're on calls or assume, okay, like this is not going to work for that person or it's not going to work for that person or, well, she definitely needs it. And then it turns out like, no, she doesn't at all. Mm-hmm. And I think I get that's it, it too is understanding that you're building a product to solve somebody's problem who is very specific. And the goal is to find the person who it's a no-brainer for them to purchase your product versus the people who it could work for, but it's not like a hell yes. So it's really about slicing and dicing people and understanding who are the people that like, um, let's say I've got this, okay, I've got my low tree card, right? And um, the people who make the most money selling digital products sell memberships because it's recurring revenue. Mm -hmm. And let's say it's, as I had mentioned, like, let's say I'm a crafter and I have a membership and I got a hundred people in my membership and I'm going to show up once a week for an hour and we're going to craft together. I could have a hundred people, but if I could sell it to a thousand people, I'm just still doing my one thing. And yet my business can grow 10 X, but it's, and, um, and so I can, I can scale that. And those people who are making thousands of dollars a month from recurring revenue from their memberships, they would be happy to pay me $1,000 a month. If they're making $10,000 a month, it would make sense for them to pay me $1,000. Now that's a lot, but let's say even $400 a month. That's nothing to them because they're making all this money. Let's say you're using Milo Tree Cart to sell a $5 ebook. Well, Okay, and maybe you make two sales a month. So you made $10. You're not going to pay me $400 a month for this product. You might pay me $1. So it's like finding what problem you solve and who are the people 
who benefit so much from your product that they'd be willing to pay a lot for it. Because mm. these two people could be using the exact same product, right? The $5 ebook seller and the membership person who's making, let's say, $10,000 a month, but each one, and the product is the same, but those two people value it very differently. So how do I find more of these people and fewer of these people where it's not right for them? And I think that's something too that I always struggle with because I'm like, oh my God, you want to buy my product? Great. But I now have started to go, you know what? I don't think it's the right product for you. I like that though. I like that, that, that you're willing to say, you know what? I don't think that that's the right product for you. You know, mm -hmm. I, I found that th those people are the ones that are typically the most successful, the ones that are like, listen, like, I really, like, I don't want to make a buck off of you just because like, this really doesn't work for you. Absolutely. And what I have found a is strategy. a lot of times the person who's making, like, I want to make that person who's making $10,000 a month. I want to make her crazy happy, but it's not in my best interest for the person who's making $10 a month to work so hard and jump through so many hoops to make that person so happy, I will go out of business. But I have found that sometimes the person who is selling, making $10 a month will have as many demands, if not more demands than the person who's you know using the product and making a ton of money. So it's like, it doesn't make sense for, and because especially since the person who, let's say, is selling the $10 ebook is going, God, I'm not getting a lot of sales. It must be because of your product. Your product isn't right. And therefore, if your product were different, I'd make more sales. What I have found is that is, that is not the case. <laughs> that is never the case. Not that our product can't get better, but chances are if you're only getting two sales a month, that's something to do with the fact that you don't have an audience or you don't have traffic or you're not putting these people in a position where it makes sense for them to purchase. It sounds like you need to come up with a tool that helps people solve that first problem. The problem of getting traffic or getting followers. Yes, and but but again, I think the answer to that is very much like podcasting, like anything. It is, you start small, you put it out there, you are consistent, you are learning from what people respond to. You start to, it, it's this constant optimization problem, but you've got to continually show up. And that's what I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, especially when they're first starting off, is that consistency. Mm -hmm. The consistency and the self-discipline. Yeah. So in terms of my podcast, because, you know, we were, we're talking about podcasts as well. I listen to podcasts. Podcasts make sense to me. I feel a connection to the people I listen to, right? It's like, I love the idea of somebody being in my ear, somebody I like being in my ears. And I thought to myself, Ooh, maybe I could be somebody that like, it would feel very um, I would feel humbled that people would want me in their ears. Like, wow, that would be so cool. Like, I understand like what I look for. Maybe I could provide that. Whereas like, I'm not a natural YouTuber. That's like a whole different skill, but like podcasting, oh, yeah. I understood. And I went to a conference podcast movement, which I'm sure you've heard of. And this was now like six years ago. 
And they said that people who can get to like, I forgot the number, maybe it's like their eighth episode will stick with it. And most people quit before then. So I came home yeah. from this. Con- Isn't that right? Isn't there something? It's, it's, it's either eight or it's 10. Okay. So it's some number that like yeah. what they've discovered is most people will not make it to episode 10. So I went home and my daughter at the time was probably like eight. And I said to her, I'm going to start a podcast. And she goes, you're not going to start a podcast. And I go, no, I am. I'm really going to start a podcast. Now, I am a person who who can execute. So I don't know why she was doubting me, but I think it was <laughs> a little bit like, you're just my mom. Anyway, and so my goal was to get to episode eight or 10 and to go, no, 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 I'm going to do this. So I lined up my friends who were bloggers and I said, well, you come on my podcast. And I did it. And I got to episode 10 and I went, I'm over the hump. And by getting to that episode, I just kept going. And, and I think this week I was just, I just today um, published my 273rd podcast episode. Like I go once a week, I just do it. It's just part of now my process and my DNA and, you know, um, But it was really important for me to really kind of prove to my daughter that like, of course, I'm going to get to episode 10. Like I had this now, like almost like a challenge, like, oh, I will rise to that challenge, my friend, because weirdly, I wanted to show her that if you just put one foot in front of the other, I didn't know what I was doing. And I won't go back, to be honest, and listen to those episodes because (laughs) I'm already cringing just thinking about them. Oh, Oh, my God. Oh my God, it's so cringy. But again, and, and in the beginning, to be honest, like I didn't have an agenda for the episodes. They were just like rambling, like me and friends just talking about stuff. And they went out on forever. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but I did it. I did it. And I learned. And now I feel like my episodes have gotten more sharp. They've gotten more to the point. Uh, they've gotten like, okay, I know what I want to, in each episode, I want to provide my audience with at least like three action steps. I know this, right? I want, I love it when people reach out to me and they go, oh my God, I had to turn, I had to, I had to pull off the road and take notes, like write that down. You know, that makes me so happy because instead of, and I always say this before I interview somebody, I go, please, please, please. My audience is sophisticated. Please, I don't, what I don't want are platitudes. Like, you got this. It's mindset. You just have to be in the right mindset. It's like, I want, I did this. I did this. I did this. I got this result. You might try this, blah, blah, blah. This didn't work for me. So I wouldn't do this. Like, I want the nitty gritty. Like, I will push them. To go, well, like I remember I was interviewing this guy and he's like, and then I lost like $30,000, $40,000, right? And he like kind of moved on. And I go, whoa, 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 back up. What do you mean you lost $40,000? Like we need to talk about this because um, that's where I feel like it's my responsibility to get in, to be the audience and be like, if somebody said that, wouldn't you go, how did you lose $40,000? Or somebody What did says, you do? What went what wrong? What exactly? Or somebody goes, and then I grew my Instagram by 10,000 followers, or I then made an extra, I don't know, 60,000. I'll be like, what did you do? Let's unpack mm-hmm. that. Let's go back 
and really figure this out step by step. So that's where I feel like I have a role as a podcast host to do that. And I think then it builds my credibility. It makes me feel like I am like you. And if you're listening to this episode and somebody says, I lost $40,000, you're going to go, oh my God, how did he, how did he lose the $40,000? And then when I say, wait a minute, how did you lose $40,000? You as a listener go, she gets me. You know, she's asking the question that I would be asking. So I Mm -hmm. always, I'm willing to be embarrassed to ask that like slightly pushy question that might make somebody uncomfortable. I mean, again, I try really hard not to make my guests uncomfortable. That's not the kind of podcast it is, but I'm willing to ask the question that the audience I know is asking, but if you're at a cocktail party, you might not go, oh, really? How'd you lose that $40,000? But because they're coming on my show, I feel like I have that ability to do it. And then my audience feels satisfied because I'm willing to go there. So there's a couple things. First of all, I think podcasts in general create a platform for people to be more vulnerable. You know, you're not listening to podcasts because you want to hear like sunshine and rainbows. I think people also who are listening to business podcasts are not listening to hear, yeah, you need to expand, you need to fix this about your mindset. You need to do, or you need to fix your energy, which I think that those are important things in business, but that's not all we want to hear. You know, we want to hear about the nitty gritty. I feel like, at least for me personally, listening to business podcasts, I listen for what mistakes other people made so that I know not to do them myself. I can't do that if all people are talking about is changing your mindset. Absolutely. I want to get, I am a person who loves real. Yes. I love real. And, um, and, and like things can kind of like, um, like I want the, I want the answer, even if I like, I want the feedback, even if it hurts, because I feel like then I can trust you. I want the person to go, no, 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 you got spinach in your teeth. You know, like, I, like you yeah. don't even know me that well. And you're telling me I got spinach in my teeth. I will love you for that. I don't, I, I try, I will trust you. And so I try to be that person for my audience. And then when I'm selling my lottery cart, for example, hopefully, you know, I'm the real deal. And I ask people a lot, like if I get on a call with somebody and they go, oh my God, I found you from your podcast. And I say to them, like afterwards, like, do I seem in real life? Like I do on my podcast. And I love it when they say yes, because I really try to be very authentic as a person and very, like, I'm not putting on any sort of act on my podcast. And Mm -hmm. so I love that these things are consistent because I don't know, I don't, I don't go back and listen to my podcasts, like, um, (laughs) like once they go live. And so I don't think about it from the perspective of like, like if I were to think as I'm recording a podcast, oh my God, hundreds, thousands of people could be listening to this. It would make me feel really nervous and self-conscious, but because I'm just having a conversation with one person, I feel like I can be more vulnerable, more honest. It's just you and me and we're just chatting. Exactly. But the moment I start thinking about what who could be listening? How many people could be listening? That's when I'm like anxiety ridden. I, I try not to think about that. It's kind of like in my own life, I have like two lives. Like I'm a mom and I have my mom friends and they kind of know I have a podcast, right? Cause it'll have, it's not like I walk around saying, and then I got a podcast. And then every so often, like a friend from that part of my life will go, 
I listen to your podcast and I get so self-conscious and embarrassed. Like I, you know, it's like, Oh, don't, don't have that part of like, don't know that I do this thing. That's super like, that feels like exposing and it feels like, Oh my God, you've discovered this thing about me. So it is weird. I have to put myself talking about mindset. I have to think we're just having this like little private conversation and then I'll share anything. And I think that it's also very, I'm, I'm happy that you said that. I think that's very encouraging that, you know, you're, you're on your 273rd episode just released. You've been doing it weekly and you still feel like that. You still feel a little, I understand. I know what feeling you're talking about. That's like, oh, like it's, it's not icky, but it's like, oh, like you're listening to my stuff. Like you found yes. me. <laughs> You found my, my, my like secret online life. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So it is really funny because I do, um, kind of think about it, like putting on different hats Mm -hmm. and when it's like, when your world's mixed, it feels weird and uncomfortable. And again, there's nothing I say on my podcast that I wouldn't say to somebody in life, or I don't have a secret life, but it is still weird. It's weird just even to think that like, thousands of people are listening to me talk. And I do share, I don't share a lot. I don't, to be honest, like I don't have like a lot of secrets and I have my husband who's my partner and I have my daughter and like, I'll share about my daughter. Nothing like that I think is embarrassing, but she might think it's embarrassing. And so that's really weird, you know? And I, I've tried very hard to be very respectful. But I will talk about how as a teenager, for example, like how she thinks about the world, which is what we were talking about, like very self-referential. You know, I feel like her whole generation is all about like me, look at me, look at me on TikTok, look at me, here's me doing this. And um, and so, and that it is that thing, like as I'm talking about it, it's all about the empathy for your customer to sell to your customer to get into their their mindset. It's like that concept to a teenager of like, you need to step out of yourself and see the world from somebody else's perspective, like makes no sense. It's it all is, about it is difficult their too. perspective. You know, yeah. it's all about like, I've got a pimple and everybody in the world is noticing my pimple where- other, everybody else is walking around going, oh my God, are you noticing my hair? Are you noticing, you know what I mean? Like everybody's so caught in their own world, Selves their own lives, their, you know, that they're not thinking about your pimple. And so that's where <laughs> it's super, it's fascinating. Cause I look at her life and I go, oh my God, this is what I'm constantly talking about with my audience. Get out of yourself, get out of yourself. And I say it to my daughter, get out of yourself. It's not a good place to be. No, it's not. It's not. And the, the moment you start caring less is life becomes a lot more peaceful after that. Nobody cares about your pimple. Nobody cares about your hair. Nobody really cares unless they're listening to you and they want to listen for your content. Outsiders don't really care if you have a podcast or not. They're not going to judge you for it. No. And I always say this to people, like nobody cares about your dog. Unless you're a blogger who blogs about dogs, like nobody cares. Your mom cares, like your, you know, your friends might care, but like nobody else cares. And there is something very freeing about that realization. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's, I think that's a good note to leave off on because we are just about out of time now. But let's reiterate, what was the name of your podcast and where can you find it? Yeah. So it's the Blogger Genius Podcast and you can find it anywhere you find podcasts. You could Google it. 
And I just launched my 273rd episode, and it is a solo episode about chat GPT and how you as a creator, blogger, uh, entrepreneur can successfully compete against chat GPT. You can use it because it's freaking awesome and it's (laughs) not going to put us all out of business. I agree. I think that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful topic to get into. And I'm a little upset that we're out of time, but ChatGPT is fascinating. Fascinating. Thank you so much for coming on. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Ooh, you can email me Jillian at MiloTree.com. You can DM me on Instagram at MiloTree. I, you could, oh, and I have a Facebook group called Become the Become a Blogger Genius Facebook group. So it fits in with the podcast and that's where we have community. So I would love it if you found me there too. All right. Love it. Thank you so much once again. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.